Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Brenna Nath, and this is The Daily Download. For our first podcast back from the Memorial Day weekend, we're joined by the Mortgage Bankers Association Senior Vice President and Chief Economist, Mike Frantantoni. Up until this point, we've been closely tracking the giant uptick in forbearance requests in the industry, along with the impact these requests have had on the industry. For those new to this space, the MBA's Forbearance and Call Volume Survey is a relatively new survey that was launched this year so the industry could get a good read on how forbearance is transforming, how servicers are acting, and their pace of activity. According to the latest information from the survey that went live today, as of May 17, 2020, the total number of loans now in forbearance sits at 8. 36%, meaning there's 4.2 million homeowners now in forbearance plans. Mike explains the biggest trends that they're seeing in forbearance along with the biggest challenges that lenders and servicers are facing as a result of the huge uptick in requests. So with that, let's jump into the interview since Mike does a really good job explaining everything you need to know and be aware of right now when it comes to forbearance. But before we dive in, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Before we jump into the interview, Mike, I wanted to say thank you for joining us today. We're excited to have you on the podcast since this is something that has been a very popular topic of interest on our website. So to jump into our first question, I wanted to ask you, can you give us some brief background on why the MBA decided to launch the forbearance and call volume survey? Sure. So when the CARES Act passed through Congress this spring and with a very, very sort of light touch approach where borrowers only needed to assert that they had a hardship related to COVID to be able to receive up to 12 months of forbearance. Our expectation was that there was going to be a very rapid take up in this forbearance plan for all uh, government backed loans. And knowing that this would really transform how servicers were acting and their pace of activity, we want to be sure to get a good read on that very quickly. So we launched the survey on a weekly basis and have been reporting it ever since. And speaking of those readings, what are some of the biggest trends in the forbearance and call volume survey that you think people should know or should be aware of? Well, as we expected, the take-up was extremely rapid in April. So our data goes back to the beginning of March. At that point, about 0.25% of all mortgages were in forbearance. So that was before the CARES Act. Uh, We are now up to, as of mid-May, almost 8.4% of all mortgages are in forbearance. And that's uh, almost 6.4% of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loans and about 11.6% of Ginnie Mae servicing are currently in forbearance. So that extremely rapid take up 
uh, obviously reflecting the extreme number of job losses that have been associated with the pandemic and the policy-initiated lockdowns. And digging into that information a little bit more, what are some of the biggest challenges that servicers and even lenders are facing right now when it comes to forbearance requests? So what we are seeing, both in terms of just the absolute call volume, at one point, uh, almost 14% of a servicer's customers were calling in you know, during uh, the week of March 30th. So just dealing with that level of call volume is really challenging and servicers saw abandonment rates increase and obviously wait times increase. Uh, And this is at a time when servicers own workforce are remote. And while many are hiring, bringing on new staff when your workforce is remote has its its own challenges. So I think just the volume of activity is one aspect of it. But I think another aspect is this forbearance plan and then thinking about how months down the road borrowers may exit from forbearance brings a whole new set of challenges. And I know there's a whole lot to unpack when it comes to that question of challenges. Is there anything else that you would add there for lenders or for servicers or even how people are kind of digesting that information and the communication being put out? So for servicers, you know, one of the real uh, challenges that they've been wrestling with is how to clearly communicate what those potential exits are from forbearance. And you know, I think thankfully Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have been out with some uh, recent updates to their scripting and the launch of their deferral option, which we think in many cases is probably the most likely exit for a lot of borrowers where you take those foreborn payments and put them on the end of the loan. Uh, when the loan is refinanced, the, the home is sold or, or the loan is paid off. So uh, getting that clear that you know while some borrowers may exit forbearance with a lump sum payment, that's probably not the most likely case. Some may exit with a repayment plan, that this deferral option is probably the most likely exit for many borrowers after a, a lengthy forbearance. Uh, on the lending side, there have been all kinds of complications of uh, for someone who does or does not miss the, pay their payments under forbearance, does just the simple fact of being in forbearance alter their ability to get a refinance or buy a new home? And you know that's something that I think FHFA and their GSEs are still struggling with. And since I know the latest survey information came out today, is there any new trends or information from the survey results today that you'd want to highlight for our listeners? So for the past couple of weeks, while the share of loans in forbearance keeps increasing, it's increasing at a slower rate. In some cases, this is a little bit surprising given that, again, we continue to see millions of people uh, lose their job each week in the initial claims for unemployment insurance. Uh, So it does lend some credence to the view that really the hardest hit sectors of the economy, probably more likely to be jobs where people are more likely to be renters than owners. So maybe even though we're still continuing to see job losses, it's not being reflected in delinquency and forbearance numbers to the same extent. Uh, but still, you're talking about you know almost 8.5% of all loans in the country in a forbearance plan right now, and it's just completely unprecedented. 
Wow, that is a percentage I know a lot of our listeners would be interested in hearing. So appreciate you sharing that. And it ties well into my last question for you, which is looking ahead, what impact will this increase in forbearance requests have on the potential for future delinquencies? So in our national delinquency survey, uh, we just reported our, our first quarter numbers, which showed a uh, significant uptick, particularly for FHA and VA borrowers uh, in as of March 31st. In that survey alone that is in forbearance, if the borrower doesn't pay, is reported as delinquent. So uh, our expectation is that in the second quarter, those numbers will go much, much higher in line with the rapid take-up and forbearance. And then really the ultimate question is going to be when borrowers exit forbearance at the end of, uh, of this pandemic crisis, uh, our hope is that most will be able to reinstate, make their payments again, and they'll be reported as current. So we'll see this spike in delinquency rates rapidly reversed as borrowers reinstate, but know that in some cases, uh, rather than just a temporary job loss where someone returns to their old position, there are gonna be some permanent job losses as a result of this crisis. And so there probably is gonna be an increase in longer term delinquencies and and foreclosures, but uh, hoping that again, most people can return to their prior jobs as economy reopens uh, over the next several months. Appreciate you sharing that glimpse of what kind of this means for the future. And to wrap up today's podcast episode, I wanted to say thank you again for joining us on the daily download. This is a story that we've been closely following and appreciate having your input on what this means for the industry on the podcast. Great. Thanks for having me on. And to our listeners, thanks again for joining us on the daily download today. Be sure to tune back in tomorrow for the latest updates on the housing market.